The Women Empowerment Desk of the Central Tibetan Administration works toward empowering Tibetan women and building a gender-just Tibetan community. One of its key programs is the Prevention and Response to Sexual and Gender-Based Violence, SGBV. The Central Tibetan Administration, in its commitment towards the elimination of all forms of sexual and gender-based violence in all spaces of exiled Tibetan community, has adopted a zero-tolerance policy for any types of SGBV in the community. In 2020, the Kashak of the Central Tibetan Administration developed guidelines for the purpose of preventing and addressing SGBV in the Tibetan community. In today's episode of In Conversation, I'm very pleased to have Ms. Tenzi Tsidhe from the Women Empowerment Desk of the Central Tibetan Administration in our studio today to tell us more about this initiative. Welcome to our program. Thank you, Pandila. It's good to be here. Okay, so uh, to start with, uh, since the uh, CTA SGBV guidelines has been established a few years ago and it started uh, its implementation in the Tibetan settlements and uh, schools in India. Uh, consequently, over the uh, last few months, uh, your desk has been visiting Tibetan uh, settlements across India um, to organize SGBV guidelines, uh, orientation and internal um, complaint committee training and uh, gender sensitization workshop, which uh, I I think the recent, uh, which was concluded in Bandara, uh, Norgiling Tibetan Settlement. So, uh, like, can you tell us the background of how this initiative was started and uh, how this guideline is based on? So, um, as you clearly mentioned, uh, CTA has made commitments towards uh, eliminating all forms of sexual and gender-based violence uh, in the community. So, um, and uh, the zero tolerance policy, CTA has adopted zero tolerance policy for any such incidents in our community. So, uh, as a step towards like uh, the fulfillment of this commitment or to put this policy into practice, uh, the Women's Empowerment Desk, we have uh, initiated a large-scale uh, program on sexual and gender-based violence. So as part of that program, uh, we initially uh, supported or uh, developed the guidelines, as you mentioned, uh, which was uh, uh, approved by the CTA's Kashak and mandated by uh, the Kashak in 2020. So since then, we have been uh, uh, working actively on implementing the guidelines. So as part of the program, uh, we visit different Tibetan schools, settlements, and uh, even the CTA offices to introduce or orient the members about the guideline uh, to um, institutionalize the prevention and the redressal mechanism uh, accordingly the guideline in our community. So yes, as part of that program, we have been visiting the different uh, settings in the community such as the settlement and schools since 2020. Uh, and uh, how many uh, Tibetan settlements have you uh, covered so far and what is the main focus of this uh, initiative to our community? Well, since uh, 2020, since the um, guideline was uh, approved and mandated by the CTA's cabinet, um, we have visited around 21 settlements and uh, I think 20 schools uh, which are uh, based in south, north and central parts of India. And uh, we have also uh, visited uh, different Tibetan colleges and institutions like the uh, the Varanasi uh, Tibetan College or the Sara, um, the Dalai Lama Institute in Bangalore, Minsikang, uh, and, and uh, we have oriented the staff and students about the 
uh, about the guideline. Uh, we have also uh, organized orientation workshop for Tibetan youths uh, in the different cities like Mysore, Baroda, uh, and uh, I think LPU, Lovely Professional University in uh, Jalandhar as well. So in the next step, we plan to visit uh, the remaining settlements and schools which are mainly based in the northeast region. So, um, how do you find their responses, uh, Tibetans, uh, from our community in the on these guidelines, and uh, what did you learn from our community? Well, so far the response from the community on the guidelines has been uh, positive, and uh, I I would say that uh, people have been receptive about the guidelines, and they appreciate the efforts made by CTA to address uh, this issue. Uh, so. Um, so yeah, the response has been positive, um, but uh, yes, like some of the people in the community are still uh, hesitant or they question how like this will work out, like how we can combat this uh, issue in the community. Uh, we also learned that uh, people still lack, uh, uh, what you say, like uh, awareness on the SGBV issue. Uh, we know that there is uh, increasing awareness about gender and women empowerment, but the SGBV issue is because of the uh, lack of uh, platform or discussion on this issue. Uh, people do not know much about this issue. They still think that these issues are only associated with women and girls and then it doesn't happen to men and boys, you know. And uh, there are a lot of shame or like stigma attached. So uh, people um, tend to not report about uh, about when such incidents happen. Also, it's, it was quite interesting to know or that people accepting and uh, sharing that, you know, such incidents have happened in our community. So yeah, the guidelines and the redressal mechanisms, like we need, uh, we need them, you know, so that we can address this issue or, or that the victims of such violence can get the uh, necessary help or the, mm, guidance because the legal um, legal uh, mechanisms many people have hesitancy like uh, or questions about how to like if they uh, face such violence uh, they they do not know the legal mechanisms that are available so uh, we uh, we were able to uh, explain and uh, encourage people to you know um, not to shy away or not to fear uh, on about uh, not not reporting so um, that's what we have learned and another thing in the school um, there is a lot of awareness about how to protect children from sexual offenses so i think in the school spaces um, the awareness on protecting children from sexual violence are uh, there but then in terms of uh, uh, of creating a safe workplace that is free from sexual harassment and uh, that uh, I think these issues were quite new to them so it was interesting to discuss about that issue with the school in the school setting. Okay, and um, what are the challenges uh, in such workshop and SGBV programs? Well, um, in any sexual and gender-based violence program in any community there's always a challenge um, 
Firstly, because these uh, issues are quite sensitive and people do not want to openly talk about it or they have uh, a hesitancy to, uh, to share because of the shame and the stigma attached, right? So uh, we um, firstly like to bring the topic out to the people and for people to engage. It took a lot of, it, it, it does take time and then uh, when we were able to create the safe space, then people open up about it. And they uh, normally, they used to think that it, these are private matters and should be, you know, mm, solved within, uh, amongst the people involved. So, so yeah, then uh, this, this uh, for a fact, uh, sh sheds light uh, on the, you know, on the need for um, building the trust so it takes time, right, building the trust so that uh, victims of SGPV can, you know, uh, report and get the necessary help. So uh, one challenge was that to to get the, to build the trust from with the community. Um, then um, the other challenge is that people have the perception that these are uh, these are like a new concept or a new uh, sort of issue that uh, that is being brought or that is being put on the community you know so uh, yeah that was that is also a challenge for us to say that you know SGBB or these issues exist in every community it's just that it takes uh, form in different uh, it takes different forms in different communities so we had to contextualize uh, about this issue uh, in our community setting and to you know also uh, find ways to prevent and address this issue based on our community needs and the issue that our community uh, faces in this regard. Uh, what do you think uh, you or the uh, what uh, see the main causes of sexual and gender-based violence in a community? Well, as I mentioned before, um, sexual and gender-based violence, uh, these issues exist in all the communities or societies in the world and it takes place in different forms. So I think uh, these issues also uh, exist in our community. So if we are to uh, look at the uh, cause of the these issues in our community, I think we need to look at uh, look beyond what is in front of us and uh, we need to make an attempt to uh, to uh, attempt to look deeper into uh, the the different factors that contribute to uh, sexual and gender based uh, base violence in our community so some of these uh, uh, contributing factors are related to uh, social factors or the or the political factors or the legal uh, factors so in terms of social factors, uh, we can see that in our, um, in our community, there are some harmful gender norms and uh, uh, gender stereotyping, uh, which causes uh, uh, or which normalizes sexual and gender-based violence. Uh, and also these uh, gender norms and gender stereotypes and the uh, also affects the attitudes of the people and how they look at this issue, right? So secondly, in terms of legal factors, uh, till till the guideline was uh, you know uh, implemented or like mandated by the CTA, there were no legal instruments, and 
even though there are like legal instruments in the host country like Indian laws which still apply to us people still uh, did not uh, were not aware of these uh, you know legal mechanisms so um, there was uh, there are lack of reporting because of that so legal factors also contribute to um, how like this issue exists in our community uh, women empowerment has also provides a helpline service that renders services uh, from counseling to providing safe spaces. Uh, so can you tell us more about the helpline services and its effectiveness in our community? Yes, uh, we have set up a helpline services as part of our program on sexual and gender-based violence. Uh, the helpline was established in collaboration with the Tibetan Women uh, Association uh, back in 2020. So um, there are Currently, three staff working in the helpline. Uh, one receives the phone call and one is a counselor. The third person is an outreach worker who, who creates awareness about uh, helpline services in the community. So since its activation in 2020, uh, I think they have received over 86 calls um, from the uh, from the community, right? So um, I think if we are to talk about the effectiveness of the uh, helpline service, it is quite evident with the number of calls that they have received and the number of people they have been able to uh, help uh, through their services. So if uh, some of the services of the helpline includes referral services, referral services meaning like they will explain the uh, to the victims the uh, legal option options they will lay down the options like the legal options if they were to go to the police station or if they have to go to the um, uh, the settlement committees on SGBV and uh, they also provide counseling services to the victims of uh, uh, violence because uh, often like uh, we we might be able to you know um, uh, just like uh, we might be able to um, physically like get ourselves the uh, medical help but then uh, the psychological impact is quite uh, um, quite it's quite uh, what you call it uh, the impact of uh, psychological uh, impacts are quite longer to a victim so they offer uh, counseling services they also provide shelter shelter to the victims in if needed and there are like uh, emergency funds uh, which will be allocated to victims when needed so so in all like i think the helpline service are uh, is it's quite effective and because it's one of a kind in our community it's the first time that we have such helpline uh, people are coming out and reporting and getting the necessary help that they need so that also means you're getting calls from uh, Tibetan uh, community not just in Dharamshala but from all over India yes first like initially when it was uh, activated in 2020 we did a pilot study pilot we did a pilot study as in like we uh, only focused on the north settlements and the north region and then since uh, 2021 22 we have opened the helpline service to all the communities but the thing is I think uh, for a helpline service to be effective, there are like there should be a lot of awareness on the 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 helpline service. Like people should be able to know that such services exist, right? So with the increase in the awareness, and there are also increase in the number of reportings or like people reaching out to the helpline. So yeah. And uh, lastly, before I uh, 
uh, sign off with this conversation. Um, how does the uh, WET see the current state of uh, sexual and gender-based violence in our community? And uh, can you also suggest some ways to uh, prevent such violences? So if we are to talk about the status or the current situation of uh, sexual and gender-based violence in our community, uh, we can look at uh, one of our research study, uh, which was conducted in 2021. It, is, it was on the status of uh, sexual and gender-based violence in Tibetan community in India. So in that report, uh, of almost 50% of the respondent uh, respondent uh, shared that uh, this issue like exists in our community and uh, that 89% uh, or 90% uh, respondent uh, said that these issue mostly happen to women and girls so if uh, we are to understand try to understand the situation of uh, this issue in our community or we can uh, definitely you know say that uh, these issues are existent in our community and uh, from the uh, data from the helpline services uh, almost i think 30 40% cases that are reported are from uh, are of the domestic violence cases so uh, domestic violence case is most prevalent in our community and also uh, if we are to talk about uh, measures to prevent such violence in our community um, first i think uh, we still need more uh, awareness and uh, awareness activities like uh, campaigns and workshops you know to create more awareness and also to you know the through these workshops and uh, awareness activities we can uh, help promote uh, positive attitudes in the community towards such issue Secondly, I think uh, other measures can include uh, making the retrasal mechanism, uh, you know, accessible to all the people so that uh, victims of uh, violence can, you know, get the necessary help. Uh, also, um, I think uh, we need to revisit our policies and um, um, include uh, ways to, you know, address such issues and uh, we can also uh, allocate funds, you know, to SGPV programs. So for now, I feel like these are some of the measures uh, how we can prevent uh, violence in our community. Um, Sadila, so uh, these are my questions for today. And thank you so much for this important conversation. Thank you. Uh, with this, we have come to the end of today's episode of In Conversation with Tibet TV. We talked about the implementation of SGBV guidelines in Tibetan schools and settlements across India by the Women Empowerment Desk of Central Tibetan Administration over the last few months. Thank you for watching and see you in the next episode. <laughs>